Now they've got another shorthanded rush. Stone is in, stops, scores! Because one hour isn't enough. We welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Over to the right side, sixth attacker is on. Carlson to the left, Petrangelo shoots wide, rebound, score! Chandler Stevenson ties the game. 4-4 with a minute 35 to play. Power play goal. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at lbsportsnetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Rolling along, hour number two, the VGK Insider Show. Ryan Wallace, Darren Millard, live with us from a very fancy hotel in New York City. Uh, Chris Chapman, back inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. Uh, a lot to get to here in hour number two. Um, of course, the Golden Knights are, are in the midst of a road trip going into the bye week, then the All-Star break. Uh, so it's it's essentially a six-game road trip that's broken up uh, with, with some time away in the middle, but you've got the New Jersey Devils tomorrow, the New York Rangers on Friday, and the New York Islanders on Saturday. You know, Darren, I, I wanted to ask you, um, going into the game last night, were you surprised that uh, Bruce Cassidy went back to Logan Thompson? A little bit, yeah. Uh, and and Bruce explained that that, that was a switch uh, from what they had planned going uh, on their schedule with goal tennis because they do like to plan it uh, weeks in advance. And they just thought that the workload against the Capitals was not overwhelming for Logan Thompson. The last time that Logan Thompson played on back-to-back uh, nights was the L.A. Anaheim uh, set right after Christmas when he came in a relief early in the game against Anaheim after playing the Los Angeles Kings the night before, and he was good and got that game to a shootout. Uh, they totally dominated Anaheim, and he wasn't uh, working that second half, but uh, there, there was some rationale there, and Sean Burke uh, thought it was a good idea to to capitalize on all the the great uh, vibes around the team uh, coming out of that victory against Washington, and see if they can get Logan Thompson on a roll, uh, considering he'd lost his uh, previous three starts before the Washington Capital game. So uh, I love the fluidity and and them being able to uh, weave off their their system. And their schedule, uh, I thought it was uh, well worth the uh, any type of uh, risk, uh, considering that the goaltenders don't usually play uh, in the back-to-back sets. Uh, and really, why would you when you've got uh, another guy that's uh, sitting there and, and rested? Uh, certain cases, it, it does uh, warrant the 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 uh, challenge of it, and, and throwing your goaltender out there for a second straight game, and uh, and considering where Arizona. Uh, is in the standings, uh, and that wasn't a back-to-back. Uh, I, I, I like the idea, and they didn't lose that game because of goaltending uh, at all. So uh, I still, I still stand by that uh, that it was the correct decision uh, for it. Uh, more disappointed uh, for for Logan because it was such a great opportunity to get some swagger back into his game. Yeah, I I agree with you in that. Uh, I I. I... I loved it when I heard it, right? I loved the idea of going back to Logan Thompson. It wasn't an overly taxing game against the Washington Capitals. And if you you get him kind of feeling that that swagger again or, or feeling overly confident in his game, I think it really sets you up well for the road trip. Uh, I guess the only follow-up, the only thought I have now is uh, with Logan going both of those games, does it 
yeah. change or alter what the Golden Knights are, are going to be looking at over the next three games. You've got a back-to-back baked in, the Rangers and the Islanders. Uh, what what do you expect from Bruce Cassidy, Sean Burke, and deploying their goaltenders over the next three? Well, it'd be a big ask to send Logan Thompson out for uh, the the five games leading up to the All-Star break and uh, the yeah. compacted, uh, compacted schedule. Now, there's not a lot of travel here this week, so uh, that uh, can benefit him. Maybe he takes up uh, the practice uh, day. Uh, I'm sure they'll have a day off, too, uh, with uh, consecutive days off on, on Wednesday and Thursday on this team. So there is uh, this week, so there is a chance to get some uh, recuperation in. But, uh, but still, the, the, the five games in eight days or whatever it is uh, for, the, uh, for the Golden Knights is, uh, is a schedule where you wouldn't anticipate going into it that, uh, that Logan would necessarily run the table. Um, uh, by the way, you got to win some hockey games too, right? And if, if last mm-hmm. night, if you looked at that as an opportunity for a win, you, you send out your best guys, and then right now Logan Thompson is their starting goaltender, so that's another reason why uh, I, I, I like uh, that, uh, that decision. Who, who and when does, does uh, Aiden Hill play against? I think it depends on wins and losses, to be quite honest. It's it's less about the schedule now, Ryan, and and more about the result uh, coming up. If the result isn't in their favor, uh, maybe you go to to Aiden Hill. But if the result is in in their favor tomorrow night, uh, why not come back with uh, with Logan Thompson for the Ranger game on the front half of that uh, that back to back and and try to uh, get that uh, what they were searching for last night. Uh, a bit of a role and some, and some swagger back in, in Logan Thompson's game. Uh, the, the Saturday game against the Islanders would be the one because it's the second half of the back-to-back that, uh, that I would uh, sort of have circled if, if everything was equal. Uh, that would be the natural spot for, for your backup uh, to go in, and it's uh, the old-school backup uh, game, and uh, you have to take mm-hmm. uh, those, those challenging ones and, and try to give your team a chance to win. But, uh, but uh, it does... In, in, in the way I look at it from, from 20,000 feet, uh, look like it's going to be more result-driven. Uh, if it's a good result tomorrow, I think Logan goes back in again uh, for, his, uh, for uh, another start against the New York Rangers on, on Friday. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see kind of where the Golden Knights land on that. I, I expect Logan to play tomorrow against the New Jersey Devils, and I yeah. think results are, are going to be the driving force, too. I, I, the Golden Knights need points, and you know it sounds it sounds interesting saying that for a team that right now is tops in, the, in their division, but uh, with the Seattle Kraken one point behind, the LA Kings a couple points back, and, and now the, the Edmonton Oilers on a tear three points back, like the, the Golden Knights, as, as much as we talk about wanting to see them play better, uh, the results have to start to, to kind of uh, accumulate right now for the Golden Knights because they've they've had some some stretches where they just haven't put a lot of points on the board. Well, I think you can empty the tank a little bit too because you sure, are going yeah. into the break on Saturday after the game against the New York Islanders. So that's a situation where uh, I think, uh, given uh, game uh, situations, uh, that you'll see Bruce Cassidy load up on his guys uh, here this week uh, a little bit more than they normally would. In uh, in this type of uh, scenario, and uh, and there's still uh, hope that they might get some some bodies back this week. Uh, we we know that the, the Shea Theodore is on the trip, and Brett Howden 
is on the trip, and there's no promises that uh, that those two players uh, will be back in the lineup. But hasn't been out 26 games. Uh, uh, that would be a real jolt if, uh, if he could find a way to get back into it. And uh, saw Shea Theodore skating yesterday uh, with uh, with some of the returned play guys who, who are off, and, and Paul Cotter was out the ice with, with Aiden Hill. And uh, and quite honestly, uh, Shea looked really good out there. So uh, there's there's uh, an opportunity up front to, to maybe get uh, a boost from a couple of returning players, uh, which would be the hope. And... If if that's the case, that might uh, lessen the load because uh, when you look back at the last two games, like it, every game is taxing uh, because you're you're moving around for a goaltender. Uh, there's there's more to it than just the number of shots that you play. But he was not overwhelmed with pressure like uh, like some of the games that uh, that uh, are, are certainly more uh, challenging for the body. And so I think uh, that also gives you. Uh, a little bit uh, of freedom going into this week. I think Logan starts tomorrow would be my uh, uh, projection on that, and then then we'll see. Uh, and I would uh, it, it might get to a point where they're going to ride him a little bit here, uh, and mm-hmm. he's the number one guy. He's got to learn and and uh, go through that uh, to know what it's like to play this many games in a row or jammed up. Uh, but uh, but you're almost getting to the point where it's it's going to depend on the results uh, who's going to go in and and, and try to to get this team back on, on a winning track. And the Golden Knights are going to look to get back on that winning track tomorrow against the New Jersey Devils. But I, I want to shift the conversation. I know that you're in charge of one timers, but this to me feels like too big of a story uh, to just put into one timers for a couple of minutes. The, the Vancouver Canucks. Um, have relieved Bruce Boudreau of his duties over the weekend uh, and then introduced new head coach Rick Tockett. Um, To say that it wasn't handled particularly well would be an understatement. Can you give more context into what happened over the weekend in Vancouver with Bruce Boudreau coaching his final game on Saturday and then getting fired on Sunday? Yeah, it it was the world's worst kept secret that Something was coming down uh, the pipe uh, on the coaching uh, scenario with the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, Jimmy Rutherford, the president of hockey operations with Vancouver, uh, dropped a hint earlier this season uh, that he wasn't happy with the structure. I know from my sources, uh, people that were interviewed for assistant coaching jobs uh, with the Vancouver Canucks in the offseason were asked uh, by management there uh, if they could uh, put some more structure into both practices and the Vancouver Canucks game because they felt that they really needed it, uh, added to, to the, uh, the, the tools uh, with Bruce Boudreaux. So there was, there was already going into the season a sense of um, not being happy by management of the, of the Vancouver Canucks uh, in, in, in hiring assistant coaches. It came out in an interview with Jim Rutherford uh, that uh, this is about game 20, that he wasn't happy uh, following an 0-5-2 start. Uh, they didn't win their first seven games. It got off to a rocky beginning, and then it really just erupted uh, last week when Rutherford said that he had had conversations with people around the league about his head coaching position, and he said that publicly while the head coach was down the hall. Uh, getting ready to coach games uh, in Bruce Boudreaux. It was uh, it was a really nasty, uh, toxic 
environment at the end. Very unfair to Bruce Boudreau, who uh, I don't care whether you're one of the nicest guys in, in hockey or not. You don't deserve that, but he is. just happens to be one of the nice hockey guys uh, that, that, that I've been around. Uh, I've talked to him. Uh, he's not happy. Uh, I would put him as closer to, to uh, being angry at this point. Uh, he is going to talk about what happened uh, with, with management and uh, the disconnect there. Uh, not yet. Uh, he's done one interview, as far as I know, and uh, and let that uh, that that be clear as well. Uh, but uh, I can paraphrase a little bit in the sense of that uh, that he's he's disappointed. He's uh, not. I wouldn't say that uh, that he's sad. He's more mm-hmm. more mad right now than than he is yeah. sad, and and. We saw some of the emotion uh, and and some tears welling up uh, uh, from him, uh, both in interviews and at the end of the uh, the game on, on Saturday night, and and that was uh, that was pure emotion. But uh, but I think he, he's he's more uh, ticked off as to how it went down and how he was he was left to, to hang out there this whole time. Uh, he never thought of quitting. He did tell Gord Stelic, uh, my buddy uh, at Sirius XM, uh, that he never thought of. That he was, they were going to have to fire him to get him out of there. Uh, but mm-hmm. it does go to show you that uh, that you you hire the manager or the person in charge before you hire the coach, because this was a case where they hired the coach first, the owner hired the coach first, mm-hmm. and then they hired Jim Rutherford, who then hired Patrick Albin as his general manager, and and it never clicked. The style between Bruce and management never clicked, and uh, this this. Quite honestly, would have been made sooner. This decision had the owner not already and still right now be paying Travis Green, who was fired last December, not this past December, but uh, December four, twenty twenty one, and uh, and Bruce Boudreau on the books, and they didn't want to have to be paying three coaches uh, at the same time. Inevitably, that's exactly what happened. But they they dragged it out as as long as they could. But uh, I do think that uh, if if Jimmy Rutherford would have had uh, his wishes, uh, I think he did go to them uh, and, and try to, to make a change, uh, that that change would have been made uh, earlier uh, if, if he would have had full uh, autonomy all over that. Uh, one, one more stuff, topic on this. Uh, I, I know Rick Tockett uh, mm-hmm. better than, than most. Uh, he's been on my podcast a couple of times. In fact, he was on two weeks ago uh, with me. Uh, I was aware of, of some of this happening uh, behind the scenes, not necessarily through Rick, but uh, but I was able to put two and two together enough, and uh, and I was uh, conscious of of this uh, being around the corner. I'm a big fan of Rick's, uh, uh, mm-hmm. and I'm I think that he's a really good coach and a great guy that can relate to players. I'm excited. I said this to him two weeks ago. That uh, as much as I love him being on TV, I want to see him back behind the bench. What has happened though in Vancouver is the the Bruce Boudreau situation was handled so poorly, guys, that mm-hmm. uh, the fans who love Bruce uh, went all in on on defending Bruce Boudreau, uh, who was only uh, he was he was ten games above five hundred in his in his coaching career uh, with Vancouver Canucks. It wasn't terrible. Yeah. It equated to about a 92-point season, which is right around the playoff bubble, and he hasn't had his 
number one goaltender for half this year, and he's he's got a team that's dysfunctional in contract talks too, and all this kind of stuff. Like, they, they, I think they minorly overachieved uh, with Bruce. But anyway, uh, they, mm-hmm. the, the situation is that the fans are so angry with how the organization treated Bruce this season and letting him hang out there uh, that what it's done is it's made Rick Tockett the enemy coming in. And he's going to have to survive that pressure and, and that uh, uh, environment in the early going. And I think he, he will get through that. Uh, I'm not worried about them making another quick decision. By no means am I saying that. But it's made his job more difficult publicly mm-hmm. uh, with mm-hmm. this team. And I think privately, too, with the, with the players, they just watched their, their head coach get uh, treated so un- unfairly that they're, they're probably thinking, like, what is going on around here? So uh, I, I think it's stacked the deck on the outset uh, against the man that management has put in there, which has, again, made life more difficult for the Vancouver Canucks. And, and this is the second time that I've seen this. They, they were talking to Bull Horvat about a long-term contract last summer. Negotiations yeah. were tough. And what happened was management, from, from what I'm told, is management got upset uh, and made a quick, irrational decision, emotional decision, and went, okay, and I'll paraphrase here or what happened. Uh, you don't want to sign? You don't want this money? We'll give it to somebody who wants it. And they signed J.T. Miller. And then they realized, well, we don't have enough money for Bo Horvat. And Bo Horvat went out and ripped up the, the start of the season and he's basically made himself... Uh, uh, Unsignable because of the dollars that uh, that he deserves now uh, with the way he's played. So that was a cut off your nose to spite your face move. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. in this case, it's very similar where uh, they they if they handled this the right way, you have much more uh, uh, just uh, people on board with you, or at least people neutral with you. Because at this point, everybody's still loves Bruce and your head coach has to deal with that while you sit upstairs and watch it. And and I guess like that's kind of the the thing, right? Is you you now have this coaching change where I think the expectation is Rick Tockett is going to be able to come in and and be the JT Miller whisperer because that's where the Vancouver Canucks ultimately their future lies. It, it lies in JT Miller because I think we all kind of expect that Bo Horvat will will essentially be traded at the at the deadline or at least should be in order for this team to to start moving in the right direction. So like you know Rick you know what Rick's been able to do in the past, uh, uh, sp- specifically with Phil Kessel in, 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 when he was with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Can Rick Tockett get the best out of J.T. Miller? I don't know. I I, I don't. I, I know that, that Rick's coached Oliver ekman Larson before. He's coached Connor Garland before. Uh, I mm-hmm. wouldn't say that Oliver ekman Larson uh, would be... Uh, the first in line to be happiest about this decision because I don't think that that relationship was great uh, when when they were in Arizona uh, because Rick is a hard coach. He's, he's a player's coach. Mm-hmm. He is. But he's a player's coach with some pretty strong uh, guidelines and, and how, he, how he wants his team to play. And you better be... Uh, all in on that, or you're going to deal with it. And, and Bruce has had uh, 
interactions with Evgeny Malkin uh, before, where he's they've they've got into it. Uh, like he doesn't back down, and, and nor, nor should he if he's the, if he's the head coach. So he's like, JT Miller isn't going to intimidate or be able to uh, sway Rick Tockett uh, into letting him do whatever he wants because he's got a long term contract. Because Rick's, hmm. Rick's got 3,000 penalty minutes, and he was a great power forward. <laughs> he, can, he can do it all, and he's the head coach of the hockey team. Uh, and, and he's not going to, to bow just because you've got seven years on your contract and he's got three. Uh, so this, this is going to be up to J.T. Miller uh, to make this work because Bruce is coming in with, or sorry, Rick's coming in with a mandate, and that mandate is structure. And and consistency with their game. Be better defensively, have structure, uh, which gives you a better chance to win, and and be more consistent. Uh, I would say JT's not the most structured player in the world, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> he, he's a great, incredibly talented player, and boy, can he can he make plays. Uh, consistency uh, and, and bringing it every night, uh, that'll, that'll be uh, a bit of a uh, challenge, too. Uh, one that I think he can meet, but the structure part of it—that's that's where I see there being some uh, challenges on on both sides, and uh, and that's the the choice that management made, right? Bolvarbat, I have no doubt mm-hmm. that he could he would be unbelievable uh, under uh, the tutelage of Rick. Todd. I think he'd be unbelievable as, under any head coach. He was great uh, under under Bruce. He's having a career year. Like imagine Bo right now is like, what? Why, why would I sign here now? If, I was just having a mm-hmm. career year with the guy that you just fired. Why? Why would I do that? So uh, I think there's there's challenges on numerous levels here. One thing I will say is uh, I think Bo Horvat does get traded by the deadline because you don't want to lose yeah. him for nothing. Uh, right. But J T. Miller's contract, new contract, doesn't start until next year. So I think yep. July first that that starts uh, that kicks in. His no move clause, or or uh, restrictions on what uh, mm-hmm. what you can do with him, doesn't start until then. So if it's if it's not working under Rick, don't be surprised if you start to hear rumblings about that uh, leading up to uh, the the July first and the the start of that. So. Um, wouldn't wouldn't that be crazy if they ended up without both JT Miller and Bullhorbat, which wouldn't be uh, a good thing at all. But uh, but once July first kicks in, then JT JT's got a lot more leverage and say in in how he plays. So you you kind of laid it all on the line with with rash decision making, maybe not necessarily taking a, a, a fifty thousand foot view of of what's going on. And I, I, the only question I'm left with is. Is the combination of Jimmy Rutherford and Patrick Alvine the right combination for the Vancouver Canucks right now? Because I feel like you've got to have a plan. You've got to, if you want to call it a retool, call it a retool. If you want to call it a rebuild, uh, you don't want to call it a rebuild. I get it. But like you've got to have commitment to that plan. Are they the guys to get it done there? Well, they, they got it done in Pittsburgh. Like they, they were very good together. Now, did they have great pieces around them? Yes. Were they in a much better cap situation? Yes. Uh, 
they had to make some tough decisions along the way, but their starting point was a whole lot better than what it was when uh, Jimmy was hired and then brought Patrick Alvin in and uh, to be the general manager. Uh, it's a really challenging situation. This the Boudreaux thing was bungled. It was mm-hmm. awful the way the way it embarrassed uh, a really good friend uh, of mine, a person that I'm proud to call uh, a friend in, in Bruce Boudreaux. But it, nobody again deserves that. Uh, it shouldn't it, it shouldn't mean any more because he's a buddy of mine or, or not. But that that was bungled. That was terribly bungled. But doesn't. Uh, take away from the fact that it's it's a mess in Vancouver from a salary cap mm-hmm. perspective, and the JT Miller contract backed you into a corner even more with Bo Horvat having a, a great start uh, to the season and having a career year. Uh, they, I, I don't know what they do to necessarily get out of that. I think the Kuzmenko, the Andre Kuzmenko, is going to be uh, on the list of uh, being uh, resigned. How long do you go with him? Uh, I, I do think that they're going to have to, they don't like to do this, but they're going to have to dip in and do some uh, some buyouts here. I don't think you'll see major, major ones, unless Auburn, I hope when Larson says, buy me out, please, because I don't want to play uh, here anymore. Um, <laughs> uh, I think they're going to have to dip their toe into the, to the buyout situation. And uh, I thought it was going to be longer term than, than Jimmy uh, led us to believe at the start. Uh, but Jimmy's come around to this, and if I'm a Canuck fan right now, uh, I'm uh, I'm not feeling great about the, the direction of my team and the vibe around my team. There's a lot of uh, John Shannon doesn't like it, but I'll go back mm-hmm. to it. Uh, this this dysfunctional uh, process around that team. Yeah, I I'm right there with you on you know on that for the Vancouver Canucks. But let's uh, let's circle back to Bruce Boudreaux. Uh, obviously. Uh, Bruce wanted to get back into coaching after after you know being relieved of his duties in Minnesota gets the opportunity in Vancouver Bruce there it is last year has them playing at, at like a 109 point clip to to just barely miss out on the playoffs like he's handled this whole thing with class and and I think that that's going to be the first and foremost what people remember out of this is is how well Bruce Boudreaux handled a really crappy situation that he was put in uh, what's next do you think for Bruce probably ends up on the NHL network uh, on TV again uh, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up on the NHL network by Thursday because he doesn't like sitting around uh, at all yeah. uh, but uh, I, I hope he takes a little bit of time off. I wouldn't have said this if it was a traditional parting of the ways with the organization and the coach in Bruce. But I think there's a better chance than there was before the way this thing played out, uh, helping Bruce get back in and coach again. Because people uh, are so impressed with his uh, ability to handle the situation with some class. So I, I don't know, and I don't know whether he wants to coach again. He got a real big milestone win by coming back and win number 600. And, uh, and that was a, a focal point uh, of his. Uh, I think he did a better job than, than people will ever give, uh, will realize because the situation has overshadowed this so much. Uh, I think his record was better. And, uh, and uh, if he wants to coach again, I hope he does, but I think there's a real possibility that at 68 years old, uh, Bruce has coached his last game, and that certainly looked the way 
he uh, was acknowledging that it was a possibility on Saturday night uh, when he stood there and took it all in at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Any chance we we'll have Mario show though? We'll have Mario show. I guarantee you that, uh, and uh, he'll be joking around and he'll be having some fun with us uh, when the, when the time's right. Yeah, I can't wait for that. Um, last one for me on Bruce Boudreaux. Um, will he be on TNT? Because I, I just I feel like the symmetry of that would be fantastic. Well, I, I don't think that it would be a, a terrible thing. Uh, I, uh-huh. I hadn't thought of it. Um, that's the first time that I even heard of it. Uh, but I think it's a good idea uh, if they if they want to go down that road. I think from the the managers of, of TNT and the management uh, on the on the television side, I think it'd be it'd be uh, really intriguing and uh, be a, a nice little swap out and a, and a cool storyline. Uh, we, we saw Bruce do television. He's not um, he's not refined by any means, <laughs> but he has good information uh, with him. And I think in that setting, uh, he would have a lot of fun, and he's, and he's had some experience before. So uh, that uh, that would be that would be really uh, fascinating to see. And in just sorting this out in real time in my mind, uh, I, I, I'd like to see it. Um, as creative as they are at TNT, I'm sure, I'm sure that uh, that that they like you have have gone down this uh, this, this path and. Um, the, the first interview uh, would be uh, Bruce Boudreaux interviewing Rick Tockett. I, I can I can see that, and I'm not even <laughs> throwing that out there as as, as to be to be uh, a smartass. Uh, I think yeah. TNT would would totally want that, and and that would be headline generating, and the coaches uh, would be great. Bruce has no issue with Rick, and Rick has no issues with Bruce. Um, uh, so I, I think that would be that would be cool to see. I think it'd be, it'd be fun for our sport too. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I don't know how how we get that to, to kind of manifest or, or what we what bu- buttons we have to press to make it work, but I, I, for one, would love to see Bruce, like Bruce Boudreaux. If he's not going to coach, I want to see him on TV. I don't want to see him on TV a lot. I, um, I want to see him I want to see him on a panel. Imagine this panel. Mm-hmm. You got Bruce, who is like just happy to be anywhere and doesn't need, like, his tie could be askew or wing sauce on him or whatever. Like he's, he's got no, he's not the television guy. I want to see him on a panel with uh, the uh, absolutely sensational uh, Henrik Lundqvist and then mm-hmm. Wayne Gretzky and his nasty. That would be the most wide-ranging panel that you could mm-hmm. ever imagine on television. And TNT could make it happen. It'd be, it'd be wild. Now that's your outdoor uh, game panel next year for the Winter Classic with Vegas and Seattle. I, I want to see that. So you put something in my head that I that I, it's going to be rattling up there for a while. All right. Well, you're welcome for that, Darren. And and I hope that we can get uh, we can get to that point because um, you just you just created the the image that I want to see when we're up in Seattle for Vegas and and the Kraken that that's going to be a blast and and you know who knows maybe that that dream panel that you just threw out there will be the panel that we see on the TV side. We're going to take a break when we come back Darren, you've got one timers right here on the VGK Insider show. It's Fox Sports Las Vegas. 
The Vegas Golden Knights will be hanging out in the Northeast for a while, and their first stop is in the Garden State as they're in Newark to take on the New Jersey Devils. Can the Knights keep getting points on the road? Find out by listening in Tuesday with pregame starting at 3.30. Then it's off to Dan Duba with the call of the game as the puck drops at 4.30. So if you happen to be stuck in traffic, the silver lining is at least you can listen to Golden Knights hockey right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 13.40 AM. I'm attorney Paul Powell. Have you been injured in a crash? Do you want to win your case? Do you want the insurance companies saying, It's Paul Powell! Of course you do. I've spent almost 20 years helping injury victims get paid, and I for sure can help you. If you're tired of greedy lawyers, call 728-5500 or go to paulpowell.com. I really can help. Paul Powell. More lawyer. Some restrictions apply. It's Ryan, the hockey guy. Come hang with me at Skybox's official VGK viewing party Saturday the 28th. We'll be live starting at 3 p.m. Make plans to join us inside the Virgin Hotels Las Vegas. We are doing this up right with incredible prizes like VGK merch signed by various players, tickets to an upcoming game, gift cards, and more. Chance will be there as well as the Viva Las Vegas cheerleaders, free parking on the Harmon Garage, then walk right up to Skybox. Plus, get your tickets to March 17th's country show with Riley Green. When it comes to luxury, no one does it better than Findlay Cadillac in the Valley Auto Mall. From the exceptional crossover XT4 to the superb CT sedan and Escalade, the highest standards in automotive craftsmanship are found at Findlay Cadillac. To place your order, visit their award-winning showroom and choose from their full inventory of new and certified pre-owned vehicles that are available for immediate delivery. Or visit them online at FindlayCadillac.com to place your reservation. If you're thinking Cadillac, think Finley Cadillac in the Valley Auto Mall. Bundle up this winter with Porta Sub's Grilled Chicken Melt Bundle. Grilled chicken and your favorite melty cheese on fresh-baked pepperoncini pepper jack bread. Top with all your favorite veggie toppings and sauces. Serve with Cool Ranch Doritos, Sprite, and a chocolate chip cookie for a meal that will leave you feeling oh so satisfied. Visit your neighborhood Porta Subs or order at portofsubs.com or on our app. Porta Subs, we're slicing up the quality you crave. This Valentine's Day, the Diamond Store is going crazy. It's 25% off the entire store. Yeah, that's right. 25% off the already guaranteed best prices in Las Vegas and give that special person in your life a gift to remember and make yourself a champion. Now until Valentine's Day, you will find only at the Diamond Store 25% off all engagement rings, 25% off all wedding bands, 25% off pendants, necklaces, bracelets, bangles, and so much more. So here's what is really cool. The sale is backed with our nationwide price guarantee and an incredible 110% upgrade on loose diamonds. Did you hear what we just said? We pay you more than you paid us on your next upgrade or how about free lifetime services and maintenance? Only at the Diamond Store will you never again pay for cleaning, sizing, or rhodium plating. Here we go. The sale is on now with mind-blowing 25% off store-wide from now until Valentine's Day. The Diamond Store, located at Boca Park right next to Kona Grill. News 3 takes on the task of investigating our school system. Parents, students, staff, do you believe that the district is doing enough to keep everyone safe in the classroom? Crisis in the classroom, from overcrowding to COVID-19, from school safety to staff shortages. News 3 will dig deeper into the crisis in the classroom and hold school leaders accountable. And we want to hear from you. Go to News3LV.com, send us your tip or story idea, and watch Crisis in the Classroom on News 3 Live at 6, leading the way in Las Vegas. 
Oyo Hotel and Casino is the favorite spot for locals. Our motto is living the good life. Oyo Hotel and Casino is the home of 24-7 $2 beers, the Strip's only $1 blackjack, and the largest Hooters restaurant in North America. Oyo Hotel and Casino also has weekly Wheel of Fortune slot tournaments where you can win up to $1,000 in free play. So, whether you're going to a concert, show, or hockey game, start your night and end your night at Oyo Hotel and Casino. Live the good life at the Oyo Hotel and Casino on Tropicana across from the MGM Grand. Carry on all the way to your locally owned Meineke, your one-stop shop for total car care. With Meineke e-inspection, you'll know the problem and the fix. We'll send real-time updates, photos, and technician notes straight to your phone. Engine, brakes, tires, oil. Meineke, doing car care right. At participating locations, terms and conditions apply. Stop in today and get a premium synthetic blend oil change for just $29.95. This sports update is brought to you by Finley Volvo Cars, Las Vegas' fastest-growing luxury brand, putting safety first since 1927. Last week, the Lady Rebels went 2-0 on the road, and they were led by Essence Booker, and today she was named Mountain West Women's Basketball Player of the Week. Against Colorado State, she had 25 points and 10 rebounds, and in the win against Wyoming, she had another 20-point game. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insiders Show. Let's just update everybody on the uh, situation with the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, three games uh, left this week at New Jersey, Rangers, and then the Islanders on Tuesday, Friday, and Saturday. Uh, this mm-hmm. is going to be a fun uh, little week. I had never been to Mullet Arena before. Uh, that was interesting. 4,600 people in and around there. Uh, but Vegas had half the people in there. But it still wasn't completely sold out. So it hasn't solved every problem, even though they're in Tempe and on the, uh, the uh, campus of ASU. And then we get the uh, Prudential Center tomorrow night against the New Jersey Devils. I've never been to a game in that rank before. Uh, Madison Square Garden, I've done a lot of events from Wayne Gretzky's last ever game uh, to a Stanley Cup final and uh, some, some really cool things in and around the, uh, the uh, New York Rangers. Uh, Mark Messier playing in an alumni game and then coming back and playing in a regular season game uh, the next day. That, that, was, uh, that stands out. And then I've never been to UBS, so uh, just personally, I'm looking forward to this week in and around the New York Rangers and the New York Islanders and the New Jersey Devils. As the Vegas Golden Knights start this real stretch drive towards the all-star game in first place Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. that shouldn't be be lost the the kraken have been on a run uh they've got seven wins in their last uh 10 games uh oilers have seven wins in their last 10 games uh you've got uh, the colorado avalanche uh coming a little bit winnipeg jets uh are on a big uh run uh themselves but the vegas Golden Knights in that pacific division are still in uh in first place and you hope that it clicks in uh, in the next uh, couple of days. I thought last night, I really did, guys, have a vibe that that Jack Eichel was going to just go out and rip it apart. And it was a bit old school, the approach by the Arizona Coyotes in the mugging and the slashing and the hooking, and they got the benefit of the doubt in the officiating. Uh, I, I'm, I'm hopeful that that, uh, that uh, five-shot performance and double digits in attempts carries over to the, to the New Jersey Devils. They're going to have to be a lot better defensively, though, 
against the high-flying Devils, who are uh, second in the Metro right now and are able to just almost score at will. They'll give up chances, and and, and Vegas is going to get the opportunity, uh, certainly in transition tomorrow night, but the Devils are back playing uh, really good hockey uh, right now with points 9 of 10. So uh, it's, uh, it's a good little stretch uh, and challenge. Am I wrong, or does it feel like Vegas almost plays up to their competition uh, at times? And we're, we might be in one of those windows right now. Washington was a game that scared me on the homestand, but they just shrugged that aside and were great. And then there was the uh, disappointing defensive side of it, so we're not putting the puck in the net, uh, whichever uh, angle you take uh, against the Arizona Coyotes. Yeah, I, I think that for the Golden Knights, right, Like you, you have an opportunity in front of you to play uh, – against one of the best teams in the league in, in the New Jersey Devils tomorrow. And, uh, you, you know, you, you looked at what the Golden Knights did earlier on this year. They go into Boston without Jack Eichel, without Alex Petrangelo, and they hand the Boston Bruins their first uh, loss of any kind. It was a, an overtime loss. Uh, but their first loss of any kind on home ice earlier this season. I, I think that there's absolutely something to the Golden Knights getting up for these games, these these best-on-best best type games. And I would expect uh, the Golden Knights' best or, or, or as, as close to a 60-minute performance as we're going to see from the Golden Knights. I think they're going to be good tomorrow against uh, the New Jersey Devils. Let's see if they get anybody back uh, this week, which will be great timing. Uh, we know what Brett Howden did last year on this uh, same type of road trip uh, through New York. He was a former Ranger. Um, that would be fitting if, uh, if he can play uh, at some point this week. Uh, injury news, Josh Norris, Ottawa Senators, uh, their young stud, all-star last year. Uh, he's gone for the rest of the year. He blew out his shoulder or hurt his shoulder significantly uh, earlier this season in a really innocent play in a face-off uh, and then tried to rehabilitate it, and it didn't work. So it does sound like there's been no word on this. At least I haven't. Um, uh, this is going to be a surgery situation, and uh, and Josh Norris is going to have to have that, uh, that shoulder repaired. But he came back for one game. Tried it, uh, not going to work. So uh, they they suffer a bit of a setback with a really young talent, and and that's that's the challenge, right? Young players, they can have great breakout seasons, and you think the uh, world's going to be their oyster, and something like that happens on an innocent play. So we wish Josh uh, all the best uh, in the surgery process when that takes place and getting back to a hundred percent. But this is a lost season for him. Yeah, absolutely a lost season for him, and uh, you know you you can kind of feel how you feel about the Ottawa Senators, but missing Josh Norris for essentially the entire season certainly didn't help them take a step. So I think for the Ottawa Senators right now, understanding that Josh Norris is not an option, understanding that you know he's just not going to be a player that, that's available to you until uh, hopefully the start of next year. Um, I'd like to see the Ottawa Senators try to lose as many games as possible because you just never know. You put yourself in the Connor Bedard sweepstakes, maybe fortune shines on you and you get a player that uh, can really complement the likes of Josh Norris and, and certainly Brady Kachuk. Uh, they're not saying, go Johnny. They're saying, boo. Uh, tonight in Calgary, Johnny Goudreau plays his first game back <laughs> in the uh, the city. And, and this is a funny story. Uh, so... Columbus had their pregame skate today, and every time Johnny touched the puck, all of his teammates would boo. And he was laughing so hard, he said he could hardly do anything. But they were trying to get him prepared for what's going to greet him tonight. Uh, that game starts in about 45 minutes. 
in, in Calgary. But uh, going back, and uh, I'm sure this has been a game that uh, he's been half threading uh, coming along the, uh, the way. And this is a game that Calgary needs really badly. Uh, they just haven't been able to, to get it going and and, uh, and in the right direction. And Columbus is already out of it. So uh, Johnny uh, Hockey is back in Calgary tonight for the first time. And the one other game that I want to bring up, the Florida Panthers, we know how desperate they are when it comes mm-hmm. to trying to rally and put themselves into a playoff position. Uh, they're three points out behind the Pittsburgh Penguins right now. And it, uh, there's some optimism going on around the Florida Panthers except for tonight, just down the road from me at MSG. Uh, just down the road. I make it sound like uh, we're out the sticks. Uh, just down the street from me and, uh, and, and MSG. <laughs> the Rangers scored on three of their first 11 shots in this game and on Alex Lyon, who's in because uh, we know that, uh, that Sergei Bobrovsky uh, isn't able to go for a three-game stretch, uh, and the Panthers are down 3-1. So, uh, that's not a good situation for the uh, for the Florida Panthers and the New York Rangers uh, clinging to a top three spot in the Metropolitan. So that's a big game in the Metropolitan Division, both for Florida. Uh, they could have got within uh, a point of a playoff spot tonight, but doesn't look like it minus a big rally this evening. Those are your uh, one-timers for, what is this, Monday, January. Catching up with Chapman's next on Fox Sports Las Vegas. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Oh, Christopher. Hi, Darren. So uh, today they they, they played this uh, soccer game, Paris Saint-Germain. Of course, the most popular team and the best team in France. They played a team called Pays de Cassel in the Coupe de France. And the Coupe de France is the best soccer tournament in the world because... Unlike the FA Cup in England or Coppa Italia, this competition begins with over 8,000 teams because they they incorporate not only every single team in the country of France, but they include all the teams and territories that are part of the French, I, I, I guess, Commonwealth. So um, it, it, it's pretty in- interesting because you get teams from Fiji sometimes that'll make a run, the, the most successful non-French team has come from the island of Martinique, but this Pays de Cassel, they play in the sixth division of French football, and they got blasted by Paris Saint-Germain. Kylian Mbappe, who is widely considered to be the best player in the world, scored five goals in this match. Uh, no, No sympathy by the giant team from France or from Paris. Neymar also adding a goal, but they beat Pays de Cassel. 7 nothing in this match, and I believe it was the round of, of uh, 32, which is pretty incredible that this Pays de Cassel even made it that far. But uh, no sympathy by PSG today in that game, and uh, Kylian Mbappe, his first hat trick since the World Cup. It feels so weird saying, that. oh, he hasn't scored a hat trick in a month, but uh, Mbappe with five goals today for PSG. I, th- I think it's called Colonies, French Colonies, and it's the English Commonwealth. Yeah, it, it's similar to a Commonwealth. I didn't. I don't know exactly what they call it. Territories or I think it's colonies. Colonies. Okay. Well, uh, do I have to say it again? No, no, no. You said you think they call it colonies, but oh, uh, yeah, uh, they. There's actually some some pretty good runs by teams from Reunion Island and French Guiana, but the most successful team was uh, from Martinique. 
and that that that's not a team that plays in the main country of France. By the way, you got to get some Portuguese food when you're in Newark tomorrow. Uh, maybe. You Where should. do I go? Oh, I can give you some recommendations. Don well, Pepe. That's what, that's Don, what I Don, Don Pepe <laughs> is really good. Uh, Portocale is is probably my favorite. Um, all of them are pretty centrally located in the Ironbound section. Newark, for people who don't know, has the second largest population of Portuguese immigrants in the country after Boston. I used to live there, and my landlords are Portuguese. And every once in a while, they would send. Their, their children up to my my room. They must have thought I was poor, and the mom would always over make food and give it to me, and uh, they would always have their their children bring me beer as well. So, uh, well, I love so what you do. There is you tell them that you have no money. That's well. That's it. what I started to. Yeah. So I would get it two three times a week from them. Great people. Well done, Chapman. I tried. Had a boy, Chappy. Darren, enjoy, uh, enjoy New York. You're going to be fun.